Good afternoon, LinkedIn. I was, I was about to say TikTok and good because this is not TikTok. This is LinkedIn. No. Good afternoon, everybody in LinkedIn land. Welcome to Recruiting is No Joke. It is episode 23. Super excited for our conversation and our guest today. Uh, but as always, before we get started, want to give a special shout out to um, our sponsors, Bright Hire. And so if you don't know Bright Hire, go check them out. It's interview intelligence to help reduce bias in the interview process and uh, just an all around great company. And we also have the Shine community. So if you're not a part of the Shine talent community, you need to join. It's a tough time for the talent community as a whole. So we need to really band together. And the Shine community is great. There's just tons of um, great people on there already. But go join. You can do that on the link tree on my profile. God, I am rambling right now. But anyway, who, whoever's out there, I see Charlotte out there. Uh, we got Darlene, we got um, Oluwatabi, we got Bawash, and we got nice. LinkedIn user yeah. who I can't see, and we got Sabrine. Hello, hello, hello. You guys are already saying hi. But if you're out there, let us know. You can just say hello and good afternoon. But why don't you tell us like what company you with as well? Get in a chat. And if you have questions, you know what to do. The only questions we're not going to answer on here is like, can you review my resume? That's the only one we're not going to do. But uh, anyway, hey, Rob, good to see you as well. Um, Diana, welcome to Recruiting is No Joke. It's great to have you here. I would love if you could, uh, number one, you got a really great background, making putting mine to shame here, but uh, very cool. Why don't you tell us who you are and and what you do and uh, and then just say hi to everybody out there. Yeah, I mean, I just want to start, Joel. Like this, this has made my year. I don't, I don't know. I'm putting this on my OKRs. Um, I think my boss is tuning in right now. This is very, very exciting. Hi, but boss. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I call her Big Cheese. So Big Cheese is here. Um, but yes, hello everybody, LinkedIn land. My name is Deanna, and I am the director of talent acquisition here at Alta ML. If you're wondering what does that even stand for, that stands for Alberta Machine Learning. So we are a tech scale up. We work with Applied AI. And so we deliver machine learning solutions across different industry verticals. And all of the projects and problems that we're solving have responsible AI attached to it. So we don't get into bed with anything unethical, which is which is amazing. Um, but I'm always you know, trying to seek out incredible talent from the machine learning side of things, as well as other areas of, of the business and I have an incredible team uh, behind me to help me and I think they're tuning in as well today so shout out to Hira and Michael because you're amazing and there we go that's well, a little bit of me it says Car I take it Carolyn is a oh that's my boss yes Carolyn <laughs> great to see you I love that she is amazeballs look at that well look let me let me tell you something guys I did an announcement I don't know on LinkedIn as I always do, I post too much, but I did a post and I was like, I really, really need uh, some more guests uh, for the um, for the podcast. And I don't know why it was like I just went away and then I came back to the screen and it was just like your name was tagged. It must have been 30 or 40 times. And I was like, what is going on? Like, how is this happening? And I was like, all right, definitely have to we have to get you on the show. So uh and then we had a conversation, which I do for anyone who's going to come on the show just to make sure like, hey, we're all on the same page. And, uh, and it was really, really cool just to hear about how you run your team, the way that you guys approach uh, talent as a whole. So uh, we're going to get into that. But why don't you uh, why don't you let us know, um, like, how did you get started in the recruitment space? Like, give us a little bit of a taste in your like journey in uh, in this crazy recruitment industry. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore, and my friends at Bright Hire are here to help. Bright Hire is the leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. Yeah, recruitment, right? And and I've, I've watched your other podcasts and I know that everybody's like, oh, I, I fell in. And 
I, I decided, that's a one. Did you see the one the other a couple of weeks ago? Somebody yeah, actually chose to get it. into recruiter. Like, I wanted to be a recruiter. Yes, I, I saw that one as well. Yes. Um, so no, I mean, I, I did not. I, I didn't have aspirations actually to be in recruitment. I had aspirations to be in human resources, like in people. Mm. And so I went to school, got the degree in human resources and thought, you know, I want to be an HR manager one day and I want to do people things and I want to be a people leader. And I had no clue at that stage, like what that would even evolve into. And it was funny. I've had mentors along the way um, when I just first started at a school in, you know, regular entry level HR roles. And they're like, yeah, recruitment, it's tough. Like, I don't know if you're ready for it. Like, I don't know. Would you like it? Do you think you'd like it? I'm like, I I, ha I don't know. Like, I I'll give it a go, right? Um, and so then I, I dove in. I tried, you know, just like a call center recruitment role. Like my very first job was just like, I'm going to age myself. But that was more than 10 years ago, way more than 10 years ago. Um, and I just started falling in love with it because I just started to meet so many talented folks just trying to break in and, and, and get a job and make ends meet. And I just... I wanted to help and I wanted to connect. And I think you'd agree like recruitment is the number one job just to connect with so many people. Um, and you learn so much about yourself. So I did accidentally fall into it. Um, and then I've worked in different industries. I've worked in non-for-profit. I've worked in oil and gas. If you live in Alberta, it's, it is a big oil and gas town. Um, so that is a primary industry. So I've definitely worked there. Um, and then I actually just, fell into Alta ML and, and it couldn't have been um, like, it's one of the best things that's happened to me is, is working in tech and in a startup and especially locally in the Alberta ecosystem. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And so you, I, I guess, you know, in terms of, of, you know, kind of being in the space you're in and in the tech space, I mean, like how, this is a question I get all the time, you know, there's probably people out there right now who are maybe trying to break into tech whether they're in recruiting or they're in sales, marketing, whatever they're in. I know a lot of people are trying to break into tech. So can you give us some insight and in kind of like how that happened or even just from your perspective now being um, in the space, like what are some things that you think people could do uh, to kind of help you know, kind of get into the, the tech industry? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of opportunity right now and we're seeing it not even in Alberta, across Canada. There is this big tech boom. It's like the new wave. It's data 2.0. Um, and I think there's a really big vantage point of looking into the ecosystem events that are happening. So there's tons of virtual events. There's this right now, right, that we're chatting about. But looking at your local events and networking events where you can meet up with folks that work in tech or are pivoting into tech, you know, nurture that network. And that's the number one thing that you can do is just be curious. And you know, I love to be open for random coffee chats and I think you as well, anybody really in this space. So I encourage if, and if anybody's on this right now wanting to get into tech, just start by asking questions and start by being naturally curious and looking into the companies that you want to pivot into and going, yes, I can, like I can get into tech. Like I might not be a data scientist. I'm, de I am definitely not a data scientist, but I can recruit them. I can make an impact here. And so it's mm -hmm. all about, you know, just channeling that voice and saying that I can do this and I am naturally curious and it'll just come naturally. Um, but it's just a lot of networking. It's a lot of understanding what's happening in AI. Chat GPT, like if, if, if I had to drink every time I heard chat GPT, and this is just tea, by the way, everyone. Um, then yeah, I mean, it, it would be uh, ridiculous, but, you know, just staying on top of what's happening out there. Yeah. And I think that that's a piece that I'm always recommending people to do as well is like try and get into, you know, podcasts, get into yes. like, because there's so much content right now for whatever industry you want to get into. But I, oftentimes I find when I'm talking to people and they want to get into tech or they want to get into a startup, it's like they don't actually really know that much about what they're getting into outside of the fact that, you know, you see TikTok influencers like really glamorizing things. So I'm yeah. curious just from like even your perspective, um, you know, one of the things we talked about before we went live um, was just this whole thing around like transparency, right? And when you're recruiting, you know, a lot of times people say like recruiting is sales, right? Like you got to sell a candidate into something, which I think, you know, there's some truth in that. But, you know, how do we, how do you kind of balance the truth of what it's like to be in tech or what it's like to be at a startup uh, with like being transparent? with with candidates and like kind of selling them on the opportunity like how how do you how do you balance that how do you manage that and how do you train your team to do that as well 
Yeah, I know that's that's a great question. And I think honestly, like honesty is the best policy. And I know that's super cheesy, but I think the more transparent you can be with candidates about the good, the bad, the ugly, the more that they respect you and trust you. And there's that element of like, okay, you're not going to overpad this role. You're not going to sell me something that actually doesn't exist. And so I think a really good strategy when you are meeting with candidates is saying, listen, like we're a tech startup. We don't have thousands of employees yet. There are going to be opportunities for you to wear different hats. Sorry for ever anybody's cringing over that. Uh, but this is what we need. We need players that are here that are, you know, believing in where we're going and are mm. comfortable kind of leaning into different lanes. And so we're not about staying in in one lane here. It's it's you know, be curious about what data science is doing. Be curious about what finance is doing. Like, get in there. Um, but I think really just meeting the candidate where they're at and saying, listen, like, what do you think about this? Like, this is our, our culture right now. This is how we do things. Like, does this, this is vibe well with you? And like, there's no right or wrong answer. I think a lot of folks either look for stability. They look for, I want to, you know, come in and, and know exactly what's happening every single day. That's fine. Um, there's other candidates that are like, you know what, throw me in. I want the chaos. It's addicting. I want the highs and the lows. Um, so you just have to understand what makes them tick, but you have to be vulnerable and share share where you're learning. I think it, it's not about saying, you know what, we we suck here. Like, woof, it's, it, you should have seen us last quarter, right? Like, it, it's not about that. It's about, hey, like, this is what we're currently trying to elevate, and this is where we could do better, um, and we can see you adding to that and helping us get there. Um, then I think that really helps. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that. And we've got, we got a couple of comments here. So I, I know uh, I wanted to get to this one. So Bowash says, it's 2 a.m. here. Thanks for tuning in and being so brave. Wow. Um, now, the question is just about like recent job changes. So they're basically saying like, does this affect, you know, profile mm -hmm. if you change jobs every three to four months? And, you know, in my opinion, it, it does. But I'd, I'd love to kind of get your take on, you know, with everything we got going on right now with, you know, the past couple of years with obviously a pandemic where a lot of people were laid off and you have obviously just layoffs now, now going on, I guess, like how have you, have you seen like a change in hiring managers and how they're like addressing these changes? Like how, I guess, how do you, how do you view, like if you had a candidate that had three or four job changes in the last couple of years, have you seen a change in like how people are viewing that? Like what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I love this because it is, you, you see it more and more now. And so there's there's sort of two sides to this, right? We have the hiring managers or partners that look at it as a red flag, like, oh my gosh, does that mean that they're just gonna come here for three months and then go to their next best thing? Are they doing it for compensation or what is, what's going on here? And I think with the pandemic, with all of us working from home, with us you know, dealing with mental health as well and, and acknowledging what is it that makes me happy? Am I happy? Am I actually, waking up wanting to show up to work. I think a lot of us worldwide sort of had that epiphany during um, the pandemic and even still today. And it was kind of revolutionary. You see a shift where candidates now feel like they're in the driver's seat, um, which is great. They should be in terms of what their future looks like. And I'm finding, you know, the, the what is the term like fast quitting or, or something like that, where if, if it doesn't feel right. Rage applying. <laughs> right flying and then there's like sprint, sprint exit or something I don't know but um you know yeah. if, if it, you know let's say somebody shows up and they think it, you know the culture is going to be amazing but then it just doesn't vibe with them they're in it the market is more I guess um like they're they're okay with, with sort of seeing candidates do that in my viewpoint yes I would be you know worried okay well if they come over here are they going to leave us really really quickly but at the same time, I have to understand the story. So I, I have to really dive into the candidate and really understand like what was what was all these like the hops about. Um, yeah. If they're willing to share with me, and I can be vulnerable with them, and I can share like, hey, this is what I've done in the past too, and like you're not the only one. Um, so I'm on I'm on both like two sides of the fence. It can it can hurt you depending on who's looking, um, you know, at at your resume or at your profile. But then you have the power to really, you know, own that narrative and say, listen, this is why I left. And if it resonates with the person on the other side of the table, then then we should be fine. But it is it is a hot topic right now. Um, but I, I'm seeing it more and more the job hopping. And 
I mean, I there's, a, there's a million hot topics right now. I mean, I just like, <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I'm, I like, I'm on TikTok because you guys know, and like, I play on the rage applying, oh, yeah. and, like, the rage quitting. And I, I think it's super interesting. I mean, I think it's a shift in how people just view work as a whole. Um, mm. You went, you mentioned something though, in terms of this, you know, candidates, you know, kind of running the market. Have you seen a shift in that with, with recently? And, mm -hmm. and I guess, um, you know, in terms of like your communication with candidates, like what, what are some of the things that you, um, like, is it getting harder to recruit people because people are worried about layoffs? Like, what are some of the changes you're kind of seeing with everything that's, that's going to happen over the last couple of months? Yeah, re recruiting is easy. Isn't this what this podcast is called? No, I'm just kidding. Recruiting is a joke. That's what it <laughs> recruiting is. Recruiting is a joke. No, it's no joke. And um, I made you laugh, so that's great. Um, but yes, I, I am seeing it is it is becoming harder. And I would say the reason why it's becoming harder is a there is you know it's a competitive market out there to attract the best talent because talent now or candidates they do they have the power to really choose where they want to work how they want to work do they want to work remote do they want to work hybrid do they want an office and they are in the driver's seat and so we have to be at the top of our game as recruiters in how we show up to candidates we cannot drag on interview processes we can't put them through 10 rounds of interviews we can't you know over overturn them before they're even here and so we have to be very strategic and again it, it all comes down to really understanding that that candidate and their persona and what makes them tick how do they want to be approached so you have to be like and i'm sure you're really good at this joel but like a super stalker on linkedin in the best way um and, and really understand um really nobody wants me stalking them on linkedin trust me I, I think i think they do joel i mean i was pretty excited when when you liked one of my posts um it was like okay day made um but i i would say you know just understanding what it is that that they really want and how they want to be approached um but it is it's getting it's getting competitive out there and especially for tech i mean at a at a small scale up you know we can't necessarily compete with fang we can't compete with these inflated offers we can't compete with right the big known brands um what we can compete with is what we do how we do it and the people we hire and of course our culture um so that sounded that sounded so corporate, but it's that's no. just you know. No, and I think I mean, look, Charlotte said Charlotte from a perspective, employee, the company has yeah. to sell itself to me first. This is missed at the initial stages by employers. It needs to align with my values, culture, and work-life balance. So, I do think this is kind of what I'm saying. It's like that shift of like selling people with like what you think that they want, you know, whether, I mean, it used to be like what the ping pong tables and the fridges. And now it's like, all yeah. right, you got to figure out like, what are the actual values? You know, what's yeah. the work-life balance? People, people have a different relationship with work. Um, so I, I think you're spot on there. Rob, Rob's got a good question here. And I'd be curious from your take too, just in this space that you're, you're in. Yeah. Um, you say mentioned chat GPT. I guess, are you implementing anything with ChatGPT? Like, how are you, uh, are you doing anything right now with like your overall processes? I'd be super curious yeah. to hear that. I mean, definitely the whole company, we're, we're very curious about ChatGPT. We, we play with it a lot. We see what it, what it you know, pulls out and, and all of that. Um, I can say from a recruitment standpoint, we haven't implemented ChatGPT in any sort of no assessment or, or anything like that. Um, I actually know a few friends that have used it to their advantage for job postings and, and things like that, just to like help craft like a, a better message. Um, I think right now, you know, it's so new and use it with caution, uh, use it with awareness that it's it's not going to be spot on every single time. Uh, we have our, our ML engineers actually test it and go, okay, there's something wrong with this code. It's not 100% accurate. Um, but again, I want to make it clear, like I don't, I'm not going to throw any shade at candidates that might try ChatGPT to help them with their cover letter or might help them with, you know, their summary of their resume or anything like that, because we will find out who you really are during the interview process. We're not going to be, you know, looking at the ChatGPT. We're not going to be looking at your cover letter. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think it's, it's actually especially if you want to get into applied AI, any type of AI space or, or tech space, like understand chat GPT, understand the ethics behind it, understand where it could help society and where it could potentially be harmful. Um, and so, 
you know, we're always looking at it. We're making jokes about it all, all the time on our Slack channel, you know, ask ChatGPT. Um, but we don't actually use it right now in, in a formal process. Um, but it's, it's fun just to stay curious about it. That's a great question, Rob. Thank you. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And I know Charlotte, what was Charlotte saying? She said, many companies don't offer career development and further training. The only way to progress is to jump companies uh, in every two to three years. So I'd, I'd be curious to get your take on this just in terms of, you know, when you bring people on how, you know, I think, I think again, with this, like with the space you're in, yeah. you're obviously looking at like new things all the time. You guys are doing a lot of, of, of different types of research. So like, how do you, how do you guys approach like this ongoing training and how do you keep people engaged in, in what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. We, we have more work than people. So this is actually a great opportunity for us. So when we hire folks, you know, it, it's full on, you're, you're diving in, you're getting, you're getting your hands dirty on everything. And we want to carve out that professional development plan. And we actually put the onus on the employees. So mm. start within the first month, like, put together your game plan where you want to be in the next 90 days and we will support you, but you drive it. Like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to learn? Let's make that happen. Uh, we, we don't want the, the management kind of going like the other direction and saying, you need to go this way. You need to go that way. Tell us. Right. Um, and so we want to ensure that's the whole, that is like the whole reason we're here is not only to attract the best talent, but how do we keep them and grow them and ensure they're not going to get, you know, dangle by that carrot from Fang or another company and go, okay, well, I can, I can do bigger and better things over here. We can make that happen here. And I think a lot of tech startups have that um, gift to, to be able to create roles and experiences in, in a matter of months versus if you went to big corporations, it would take years and you would be waiting for somebody to retire, right? To get that promotion. And so that doesn't exist here, which is which is great for us. But there's just so there's so much to do. We wish we had, you know, thousands of people. Uh, one day, perhaps we will. But there is a sweet spot to having a smaller team. Well, and you know, just it's so interesting. I feel like the flow of the conversation, meeting the meeting the comments here. But Matt said, I think with all the layoffs, a lot of big tech companies, some people want to work with smaller companies. So you, you're kind of yeah. touching upon this, but like, I know a lot of the clients that we work with, you know, they're not the the necessarily always like the big name brands, right? We're not mm -hmm. working with like Amazon and Meta and, you know, whoever the Meta. big brands are. Those are the two that always bash Google now. I like to bash them too. But um, yeah. I, I guess like how, you know, you can't compete necessarily all the time on salary, right? We, we kind of all know that. Uh, we've seen a lot of salary inflation, which I think, you know, it's a difference. This knowing your worth and then this kind of salary inflation and there's, you know, there's a fine line between the two, but I, I guess like, how do you, how do you kind of sell people and like reach out to people in a way to where you're able to, you know, really stand out and like, how do you, how do you, you know, kind of use everything that you're saying about the stage you're in and the business that you're in, like, how do you kind of use that within a recruitment process? And like, how, I guess, how, if you had to, like adjust messaging, like just adjust your approach um, as well. Like I'd, I'd be super curious on just like how you're training the team on that and like how you guys actually compete against, you know, big tech. Big tech. Yeah. Um, no, we, that's, that's great. And we've had to pivot our strategy along the way, you know, probably right before COVID hit, it was, we were 40 people large. And so we were just sort of looking for folks that were, just ready to dive in. We didn't really have to sell a whole lot at that time. We were really, really small. And it was like, hey, this is this is our mission. Are you with us? And that was fine. But now that we're seeing this tech boom, we're seeing all this other competition come to the table, we have to really be strategic on what is the impact we're having here and why would that be palatable to a candidate? So it's really all about selling. How are they going to get us to the next level? And they're not just a number. They're not just like a mouse on a like, you know, that analogy, I'm probably saying it wrong. But if that's it, the hamster wheel. So you have the ability here to have such a significant impact that everybody understands who you are, what you do, and they look to you as a true leader. I've never felt like, especially as a, as a female in tech before that I'm heard. Um, I've worked at other um, companies in the past where 
you know, you are just a number and people don't really take the time to understand what value you bring. But here it's like everybody, you know, and we get to know each other on the human level as well. So when it comes to selling candidates about, you know, how they can grow and make a difference, it's letting them know, listen, these are the amazing projects that we're working on in the community. This is what we've done with, you know, this industry and that industry and what we're doing with responsible AI. Do you want to join us? Right. And this is where we can see you fitting in and elevating us. And sorry, I just said the F word fit. I don't like it. This is where you will, this is where you will add to our culture and, and grow with us. And then selling, of course, our people. We have the kindest humans that work here and selling. Even like what I like to do is take screenshots of our Slack, <clears throat> of our Slack channel and sending it over and mm, saying, cool. you know, we engage with each other. Like this is literally our natural selves showing up. We all cheer for each other. We all just root for each other. Like it's so addicting because it's it's a one of a kind culture. And um, yeah, those are just a few of the strategies that we've had to do is give them an inside glimpse of the culture before they're even signing the paper. How best to do that than like give them a look at your at your Slack communication or just a, a post on LinkedIn or a TikTok, right? So Yeah, no, I, I love it. And I'm I'm curious too, like you're in the office right now. So I am. are you I guess like how are you guys hybrid? Like what's what's the setup over there? Yeah, so we are, we're hybrid. I would say hybrid as like an office as a resource type of model. So folks mm. have the possibility to pick and choose how they do their work best. Um, we have seen though a lot of us because we naturally like each other, we wanna come in and we wanna see each other. We wanna get out of our houses every now and then. Um, but it's pretty flexible. You know, on average, it's anywhere from two to three days a week that we see folks come in um, and, and work together. We do socials and things like that. We're not like the ping pong type of, you know, startup, but um, just natural socials. And so we I, are- Look, I have got nothing wrong. I, there's n I love ping pong, all right? So there's nothing I wrong with, with, with ping pong and- Free beer, okay. I I always beer. make I always make fun of pizza parties too. Maybe I should stop doing that because like I genuinely like pizza parties, right? Uh, there's nothing wrong with gluten and cheese, you know. There's there's absolutely nothing wrong. Look, Hirewell, if you want to throw me a pizza party, I'm I would gladly Hirewell, go. Throw Joel a pizza party, please. Yeah, just throw. That'd be fun. Virtual pizza party. No, I I think I think it's great. I love that like uh, hybrid as a resource. Like it's probably the first time I've heard of uh, of, of mm -hmm. someone say that, and it's very much in line with kind of how I view things as, hey, mm -hmm. look, you're an adult, go to the office when you need to. Um, but obviously, it's just a huge there's a huge pressure right for people to return to the office right now. A lot of companies are are mm -hmm. following that. Um, I, I guess I'm curious, like when you're when you're recruiting people, I mean, like how does that impact um, like, are you, are you seeing a lot of people like still asking for remote and like, how are you kind of selling them on, on this hybrid as a resource? You know, it's funny. I'm seeing such a shift of people wanting to come back in really? and yeah. And I'm not just saying that cause like I'm in, everybody wants to be in. Um, I'm <laughs> <laughs> hard to say when you're not in the office, yeah, right? Hard to say. No, um, I'm actually seeing that, that, you know, folks that I'm meeting with, they're like, okay, I just want to meet people. I just want to like be mm. human again. I just want to like have access to an office. They're not necessarily telling me I want to be in every day, but they want access to it, to a network that they can see with their real eyes that they can be around. Mm. Right. So I'm seeing that more and more when I meet with folks where I'm like, Hey, like, how do you work best? Like you like to work from home? Like what's, what's your deal? And they'll go, Actually, I kind of like to go into the office every now and then. I'm like, yeah, it can, perfect, right? So we are, like, I am seeing that shift. There there will be, depending on the roles, like, there are some super technical roles where folks just want to hammer it out in the basement. Like, they just want to be deep in the code and, like, not be bothered and just get it done um, and not come into the office. And that is totally fine, right? But we have a space where they are welcome if they want to come in. Yeah, I, I love it. It's really interesting because... Here, here's my personal take. I think that there's a big return of the office underway, but I think that the pressure for a lot of companies is like, how do you create an office that people want to be in? And it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you've got an office that people want to be in. And I think that's the key. Like if you, if you actually have a great place that people want to be, they'll go. I just think like, if your idea of like a create a great office environment is, 
a stale place that everybody just is doing Zoom meetings around you. It's just not gonna, it's not gonna win people over. So I actually think it's a huge, it's gonna be a huge challenge over the next six months. And I think there's an opportunity there right now when it's an employer market and employers can have a little bit more of a, you know, it's a perception of an employer market. And there's, there's the idea that okay, there's a lot more candidates on the market. We can be a little bit pickier. We can, you know, maybe ask people to come into the office, but to me, I think there's a challenge and an opportunity. Challenge is creating an environment people want to be in. Opportunity um, is that the same thing, like creating yeah. these environments that people want to be in and showing like, hey, this is why. But but again, if you're not able to do that, um, it could backfire as well. Like if you just can't yeah. create a place that people want to be, then people are just going to go, well, I just, I'll work from home. I can get more more work done. Um, yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's super interesting. They said... Um, Someone just said, would you ever hire fully remote? Um, do you ever hire fully remote? It sounds like you do, right? But it's like you're kind of open <laughs> some of the really technical roles, but you really you still want to provide a resource in like I love the way you put in that. Like you're providing a resource for people somewhere that they can go. Um yeah. how is that was was that from like leadership? Like how do you guys kind of come up with that? Like just yeah. I, love, I love that terminology. Um, so yeah, it definitely was from, from leadership and, and I think also just from the recruitment team seeing what the, like the market was asking for. Right. And so in terms of like hiring fully remote, we do have exceptions, right. Where if we have great talent that's in Waterloo and we don't have an office there yet, well, we'll hire them. Right. So it kind of just comes down to like the talent and the level of talent. If we can't get that talent here in Edmonton or Calgary or Toronto, then we'll make that exception. So no, I, I love it. Okay. Well, talk to me about, um, you know, I think one of the one of the bigger challenges that we're, we're coming into right now as well for a lot of like talent leaders and just HR in general is, um, you know, this whole whole thing around salary, salary transparency. And we're seeing a, a lot of, you know, obviously, there's a lot of different places that have made it a lore and you've, you've got to provide salary transparency in job descriptions. What, what, how are you guys kind of being transparent with that and like how are you managing those those expectations with with candidates right now yeah no that's that's a great question so right now you know when we meet with candidates and we're doing sort of more of that formal pre-screen call right um i'm open to share what that range is for the role that they're interviewing for and the way i do it is i just go okay i'm just going to be transparent with you this is the range we're working with like how does that sit with you and um, we don't have it on our postings yet it's not like legally um, a thing right now in Alberta, but I do see it moving more and more towards this is going to have to be, you know, in every posting, you're going to have to be more transparent. So the common theme I'm seeing here is candidates just want the full picture. They want transparency. Mm. They want the good, the bad, the ugly. So whether that is the range, whether that is the benefits that we have and benefits we don't have, like they want the whole picture, it's just like dating, right? So we want to understand like, is this person a really good match? Do they have everything that they say they have? And so if, if we're, you know, going to string them along and not share with them right at the beginning, this is, this is what we have in our budget, you can take it or leave it. Um, it. It just saves so much time in the long run. And I think also the candidates have a sense of relief because I'm not putting them on, a, on the spot saying, what's your current salary? Or, you know, what's your, what's your range look like? No, again, this is the candidate's market. And so we have to be able to be authentic and as transparent as we can at that first initial stage. Yeah, I love it. And you, it's like getting before and in front of the curve, I guess, too, or the, the yeah. different, different changes. So what yeah. about, too, I know we were talking earlier about like some of your content on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. you know, and if you don't go, if you don't follow Deanna as well, I'm going to post her um, yeah. her profile on the actual post when we're done. Uh, but definitely go go and connect with her and um, you know she's posting some really really just kind of relatable content but um i'm i'm just curious in terms of you know when it comes to things like employer brand and yeah. um you know i and just kind of this shift from kind of the really you know high, highly produced like career videos for example compared to um just like real videos of people being mm -hmm. themselves and like being relatable, like how, how has that been impacting your recruitment strategy? And like, how do you kind of see that um, as a way to 
you know, not only just connect with candidates, but also like keep them um, kind of keep them paying attention to you as you're trying to recruit them and as you build in that relationship. Yeah, I, you know, I never thought I would, you know, be or try to be, you know, a LinkedIn influencer. I know back in the day, I'd be on LinkedIn going, oh, my gosh, all these influencers, I can't compete. What is this? And I'd be looking at all these posts. Um, but it just kind of hit me one day. I was making my own TikToks on my personal account. And of course, there's all this corporate TikToks that are happening. And I'm like, oh, that is funny. Like, that is bang on. I actually want to work with that person or I want to actually where do they work? Right. What do they do? Um, so there's that sense of curiosity that comes with a post like that. And it does not take long. Like, I know you make content all the time, but it's like, I can just, you know, pound out a video in 20 minutes, post it. And then there's engagement that follows and there's conversation that follows. And it's very strategic. I would encourage it for just the talent community, even job seekers actually, um, to leverage content um, and be real. And I think, yes, there will be a pivot. You, like from just the overproduced corporate videos of like, welcome to LTML. Like, <laughs> and to to listen, like, I'm Deanna, I go by Delight. Like, you know, I love my job. This is who I work with. People love that way more than like, we're going to walk you through the D, the dinosaur. <laughs> um, that's actually one of my best friends um, that's on today. Though. That's really cute. And hi, Nissa. So it's, um, I think, just, I love that. again, utilizing your your story and, and not being shy about it. I think sometimes, too, we question ourselves before we post a video or we go, oh, my gosh, like, is this going to land well? Or, like, is this, is this cringy? Is this, like, what is this? And you know what? So what if it is? And, and, and again, so what if you only get a few likes or comments? Mm. You are, you know, you're, you're owning your narrative you're elevating your brand um, and just and just keep going and and have fun with it. Like I, I, I love seeing people not taking themselves so seriously. Um, I love the saying like I take the work seriously, but never myself. And yeah. because really at the end of the day, we're all humans and we all just want to do good. We all want to provide for our families. We all just want to be happy. And so, you know, sometimes you go through LinkedIn and it's just like, bad news after bad news or serious, you know, article after serious article. And like, that's all fine. That's educational. It's great. But, you know, we, we do need some comedic relief here and there um, with a purpose. And so that is sort of, I guess, my my goal as my own brand of recruiter, um, just to bring some humor to, to life and to the interview. I love making candidates laugh. I love making my team laugh. And um, I laugh at my own jokes when nobody does. It's it's great. Um, it's, Same here. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, I just went on a tangent there, but that's I guess that's my take. Is I, mean, I think I, I guess is that something which like I guess from like a team approach, like is that something that you're encouraging your team to do as well? Or and, and I guess like how how you kind of get yeah. the team on board with with this. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it's funny. I don't even have to encourage them. I think we we've chatted about it of like, okay, our social media strategy, what are we doing? And, but they, they just, they pump out content all by themselves without any guidance or, or pressure for myself. It's just like, it's the most beautifully articulated posts that I've seen before. Like my team is just, they're, they're ridiculous. They'll go to so many events and they'll make these TikToks, they'll make these posts and, um, it's just it comes naturally to them. So I think that's also something that that we're seeing more in talent and recruitment is the recruitment marketing piece. Mm. So it's not just we're not just recruiters and not just like we're obviously not posting and praying at all anymore. We're not just looking at time to fill. We're looking at how are we the, the spokesperson for the company? How are we connecting to candidates? How are we like, you know, really pumping out great content that keeps them engaged and wanting more? Um, so there's just like that marketing piece now that's coming into recruitment that I'm seeing a trend in more and more. And I guess that like, you know, obviously you're, you know, you're going after some pretty highly technical people as well. So like how yeah. often are you, are they, are people actually mentioning like, Hey, you know, I saw this post or like, I've seen some of your posts, like you reach out to them, they're not interested. And then they're kind of coming back around. Like, are you seeing that? I mean, what, what are the results being? Cause I think. I agree with you, but I think a lot of I've, I've been saying this for a long time, but, you know, a lot of times like the big kind of pushback is like, well, 
you know, my candidates that I'm recruiting, they, you know, they're, they're not into this stuff. So like, I guess just from your experience, yeah. like what, what, have, what have you seen? Is this something which like, you know, is helping internally as well, like with the rest of your team? Like I'd, I'd love to, to kind of get your insights on that. Yeah. And you know what? Not, not everyone's going to love my content. Like not everyone is going to love our team's content and go, Oh, that's, that's a great post. Again, some of them might cringe and go, wow. Okay. That's, that's, that's a little bit too ridiculous and that's okay. That's, that's a risk you take. And, um, but there's also going to be content that does land with them. So you have to be strategic on your target audience, right? So I find a lot of technical folks, maybe software engineers and metal engineers, they do. They actually have, and again, I don't want to box them in because everybody's different. But at the human level, we all have a sense of humor somewhere, and we all like, you know, content that'll make us laugh. But it's about what does reside with them. So mm. if, if I post a funny video about a recruitment process, and I don't know if that's going to land well with an ML engineer. However, if I post a video about how I'm using ChatGPT to recruit an ML engineer, and like it goes horribly wrong. Well, that would be hilarious. And then maybe the ML engineer would be like, okay, like she gets it. She gets what like bothers us and she writes. So mm. I think it's about really understanding who are you trying to target at what time? And then I am seeing the results. So months ago when I used to just like not post any videos on LinkedIn because I was too scared to do so. And my, you know, engagement or my outreach wouldn't be as successful. So my in-mail response rate was lower. Um, but now that I'm starting to build up more of a brand and be a little bit more vulnerable and, and show some videos and have those folks coming back to me now and going like, oh, yeah, sorry, it's been a while. Like, let's connect. And I'm like, oh, OK, like maybe this is a thing. Maybe this is working. And But I am hearing feedback that like, you know, this is funny. This is making me laugh. Thank you. And then internally, our employees are, are loving it. And they also um, are just creative geniuses. And they, they also post some really great stuff on LinkedIn as well. So. Uh, we we have fun. We have fun with it, and I think with the with the CEOs allowing us to be our authentic self, um, it is everything. I I can't be part of a company that doesn't let me just be me. Yeah. And and you know, again, I take the work seriously. We all work hard here and and deliver really great work. Um, but we we need to be our authentic selves, and so it means so much when like the co CEOs are like. Hey, like, do you want to make a TikTok together? And <laughs> hey, that was a great post. Do we need more of those? Like, I love that. Wild. Like, I, I, I it, it, it feels so good because it's like, okay, you get me. You get me. We're good. So. And how much is a team? And just to bring to bring this, because I know someone, you know, people could be listening. Like, all right, well, but I mean, like, how much has the team grown? Uh, how much yeah. has the company grown? Yeah. You know, since you've been with them. Yeah, so I joined right during like the beginning of the of the pandemic. So I've been here for a little bit over two years now. Um, we were around like the 40, 45 employee range, like right before the pandemic hit. Yeah. And then I joined and then we just started scaling like just across Canada. So now we're at 130, give or take probably 140. So you tripled in size, essentially. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's it's been really great. And we do so strategically we do like to run a lean ship so we never like to be in a spot where we're over hiring we're like yeah like let's just let's just go go nuts here um so we hire very very strategically based on projects that come in just making sure that we're not we don't have too many folks on board that we might be in a in a unfortunate situation right so it's been really nice to see and refreshing to see that we're we're really smart about how we're staffing up when we're staffing up even though it's tempting as a recruiter when we meet all these great folks to be like, Oh, I want to hire you right now. Like, let's go. It's just, I have to be um, realistic and say, Hey, now's not the time, but like, let's, let's, let's keep you warm. I'm passing you a scarf, a toque, like, and, and you're going to come back. And and with your recruiting team, just so everyone knows as well. I mean, how many people are on your recruiting team? Three of us, just three, so just three. So three of you and you made, 80 something hires. And I'm sure there was probably more because I'm sure like most companies, there was some, you know, potential turnover or whatever. But I mean, that's impressive. And the reason I mentioned that is because obviously you talked a lot about the content. And I think sometimes people can hear that and they're like, great, like, what does that mean? But to actually have the results there, obviously, um, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to, it's tough to scale a company. It's tough to grow at that rate. And especially when you are, I mean, last, the last couple of years, there yeah. weren't a lot of people on the market. It was, 
right now there's a lot of people on the market uh a lot you know more people on the market than there was you know six months ago a year but i mean you did that your team did that in a time where it's i mean it was it's it was hard to uh really really competitive you're going up against huge salaries so uh so yeah i love that and uh i think you know for anyone who's out there definitely go follow deanna i think her content it's just it's authentic it's fun um and and i think it's it's a lesson too because i think your boss even said there like it's like the good the bad and the ugly it's authenticity but that's what employees that's what who people want to work for like i think we're kind of hopefully we're getting past this like like obviously you're not going to be like you're not going to be a hundred percent yourself at work no one's ever saying that but you want to be authentic you want to be like with what you're sharing at work you want it wanted to be your real you right like you want to be allowed to be you uh and obviously you know you're going to be professional you're going to show up in in this professional and we get that but um you know i think i think it just you know having the humor being yourself it's it's important so uh i love that you're doing that and i think I can't wait to in a couple of years get you back on the show and like just hear about how the scaled more and just like how you built the team. Um, but where where is obviously I mentioned LinkedIn. Is there anywhere else uh, that people can reach out to you or any anywhere else that you're creating content? Yeah, LinkedIn is the number one um, spot right now. I will be you know maybe going a little bit more on on just solely TikTok and then sharing more of that uh, with everybody, but. LinkedIn is the number one spot right now. So don't be shy. Slide into our DMs, um, you know, reach out, comment, uh, like, and subscribe. Now I'm sounding like a YouTuber, but just, just like, <laughs> like, like, and subscribe, like, subscribe, bright, higher, shine. Um, I, I never do any of those. I, I you know, I, I stopped asking for followers like years ago. Cause I was like, you uh, don't was like everyone needs, well, no, everyone knows though. Like it's, I just, I think it yeah. was cool. Like in like 2000 and, you know, six when it was like, Hey, like my page, mm-hmm. people didn't know how to do it. But now it's like, you don't need to say, like, follow me, like, follow me, please, please like me. Yes. Honestly, I think it's, it's not, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to get into that, but okay. Awesome. Well, let me, uh, we had a couple, couple of questions that didn't answer. I know Matt had said, you know, he left a long comment about transparency on pay, uh, you know, saying it shouldn't be forced to put on postings, a lot of things to consider. Um, and I look, hey, this is like, I think with pay transparency, it's something that's new. There's a lot of nuance in there. Uh, it's definitely not like an easy thing that you can just be like, all right, we figured this out. Um, but I think like the heart behind it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in favor of the heart behind what's going on. Uh, but I understand that it's more complicated. And then someone else said that they did a poll. Corey, I, I really appreciated this. said, He's got an ongoing poll that says culture fit is outperforming compensation in terms of what look people are looking for. Here's the only thing I'll say about that is anytime I've done a poll around that, it's all good to click that on a poll, but when it comes down to the brass tacks, trust me on this one, money matters. Like don't misinterpret that like having a good culture makes mm-hmm. up for paying people like trash. I mean, you pay people competitive competitively as much as you can, but yeah. Trust me, on those LinkedIn polls, it is way easier to go. I care about culture, and then when, when Amazon comes knocking with the four hundred thousand or whatever ridiculous salary they're paying, oh, uh, yeah. that's when it's put to the test. And I've seen many a good culture fit people <laughs> fall with that. But I, I think to your point, Corey, I mean, it's like just just you know, people have changed, right? Um, mm-hmm. We'll we'll finish up with this one. Actually, I think it's a good question, uh, and you don't have to. I'm not going to answer it. But Deanna, what is the favorite part about your job? Because clearly, you love your job. So, what's give us your favorite part of the job? Um, you know, honestly, my favorite part of my job is the ability to interact with so many different people and learn about mm-hmm. them. And you know, having a role to play in changing someone's life. And oh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. Like, it's not like oh my gosh. Like we just. Cure ah, cancer cool. um, but if you look at it from a human level, and um, if, if you know anything about about me to my core, I am about, you know, removing barriers for women in tech, I am about making room for women in underrepresented groups at the table. And so if there's any little role that I can play with that, whether it's removing the years of experience from a job posting, because that acts as barrier for women, if it's about 
you know, really showcasing to our underrepresented groups that we have a diverse team, that we have, you know, um, parents that work here. There are people that are interviewing that might be in situations that they need to get out of, they need to be financially secure. There, you know, so if you, if you look at things, it, it's, it can be a fundamental shift in somebody's life where maybe they're down in the dumps, they're depressed, they've been laid off, they've been looking for work for months, they're trying to make ends meet, or they're trying to leave an abusive relationship. Like I'm getting, I'm getting all, but it, it, you can play such a fundamental role as a recruiter in matching somebody with their, their, their next big break. And, mm -hmm. and that's huge. And again, it's not, I'm not curing cancer. It's not whatever, but it's, it is, it, it feels good. It feels so, so good to be like, I saw you and I understood you and, and we're going to find you a home. It's just like the, it's the best feeling. No, it's cool. And just so everyone knows too, I think you did a boomerang, right? As well. Like you, you left and then you came back. I did. I did. And we didn't get into that, but I think it's, it's cool that you, you know, you actually have a passion for the company and, and uh, I think it's clear for everybody to see. So um, well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to wrap it up now because we've gone a little bit over time. I know Teresa said she had a couple questions. You, Teresa, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to Deanna as well. Um, and then we've got uh, Samari as well. If anyone's looking for an electromechanical engineer, I mean, go to. <laughs> so, um, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time and thank you, everybody. I mean, we get such good engagement on here. So, Teresa, cool. Samari, um, Matt, Jessica, Carolyn, Corey, Matt, Arau, uh, Bawash, Rob, Charlotte. Thank you so much for just engaging. And guys, check out uh, the past episodes too. You can either on my LinkedIn profile, I've got them all in the featured section, or just go to Spotify and look at Recruiting is No Joke and stay tuned in the next couple of days. I'm waiting for one more thing and then the newsletter is dropping. So go subscribe to the newsletter. I'm pulling all the content from TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, as well as the podcast. So you can kind of keep track of things. Um, but if you guys have questions or you're trying to get a hold of me, feel free to DM. Just be, you know, be when you reach out to Deanna, same thing. Don't ex expect a response in 10 minutes, but definitely just be patient. And feel free to follow up. Um, yeah, unless you're like a machine learning engineer, then um you know definitely get a response in two minutes but uh <laughs> anyway thank you again and uh looking forward to catching up uh in the future here yes thank you so much this was amazing thank you everybody for for joining see you guys thank you